From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello and welcome to episode 199 of the Anxiety Project podcast. I am Brad Robinson. Here we are to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart, social anxiety. Really important topic. So many of us are anxious during social situations. If you're struggling from anxiety, then social anxiety just comes in that packaged deal of anxiety. And well, I'll get into the reasons why, but before, I just want to say that I am someone who was shy, socially awkward, and I've gotten out of that through repetition, through practice, through self-improvement. And in this episode, I'm going to dive into the qualities, uh, the behaviors of someone who is socially anxious and how you can break out of that because you can overcome it. And I want to go over that process with you guys today. So if you know someone who is going to value this information, then share this podcast with them because you just might change their life. I want to touch on introversion because this is a fascinating topic being that I am an introvert. I notice even to this day, after a social gathering, I will feel emotionally drained. I'll have to sit with myself afterwards, meditate, do some breathing exercises, release all the tension, release all the thoughts that circle in my mind. Oh, what if they think I'm this? Or I'll think, I should have said this thing. Why did I say that thing? And so I have to sit with myself and unwind because it takes a lot out of me. Now, there's a difference between being introverted and having social anxiety, right? Because a lot of my introverts that I look up to, my mentors, are introverts, but they're amazing speakers. They speak in front of thousands of people. You can't even tell that they're introverts, but they are because they've practiced being in social situations, talking to people. That's the key word here, practice. Practice, practice. Some people, it just seems like it's natural for them to be the life of the party. But they've always been in situations where they were able to build on their communication skills. And that's the key factor here to be in those situations continuously because this is something you build upon. Now, I also noticed that I became more talkative around people because of the work I was putting in behind the scenes. So I became passionate about self-development. And that comes out when I'm around people. I talk about my passions because it means the world to me. I've climbed so many different mountains. I want to share my experiences. And it comes out that way. So keep that in mind as well, that you work on yourself, 
you work on what you're passionate about or you build upon things that are challenging, you become passionate about those things that you're building upon. And then that passion comes out later on during those conversations. I notice that the mentors I look up to, they're passionate about what they talk about. And then that makes me think, huh, they're introverts, but they're very good at communicating. Oh, I, I get it. They're passionate about this work that they do. And it makes sense to me because when I talk about my passions with people, it comes out. And you can tell on this podcast, it comes out, it flows out of me because there's a lot of meaning behind these disciplines, the work that I do, the the books that I read, the information that I gather. It's fascinating. The developing mindset becomes very passionate about and interested about different things in life. And I think that's a big role in social anxiety. Social anxiety is more coming from a set mindset and then someone who is very uh, good at being around other people, communicating, having conversation, they're open-minded They love to explore new topics and express those interesting topics to the people around them. To start off this podcast, let's talk about the reasons behind social anxiety. Now, the person has a strong fear of being judged while in that social situation. They're afraid of embarrassing themselves because of their anxiety symptoms. Oh my God, this person might see me sweating, trembling, not focusing in on their eyes, stumbling on words, my shallow breathing, my poor posture. They think I'm this. They think I'm weak. They think I'm anxious. That all comes through the mind of the social anxiety sufferer. Now, with your amygdala being active, this is really important. So your amygdala is your stress response, your fight, flight, or freeze response. With this part of the brain being active, it becomes difficult to direct your attention away from your internal world. Health anxiety sufferers, they tend to have strong social anxiety because what they value the most is the unresolved internal problems. I think I have this disease. I think I have cancer. I think I'm going to lose control. I think I am suffering from this infection. And because they're so hyper-focused on their internal world, everything else around them tends to get placed on the back burner. Their work, their relationships their overall health gets put on the back burner. The behaviors of a socially anxious person are avoiding situations where they have to meet up with people. While they're at the gathering, they give one-word answers. They hide behind their phone or they hide behind their partner. Remember, fear of being judged. 
So they like to hide. They might even hide in the bathroom like I used to do. I would spend an unusual amount of time in the bathroom. Then I would come out and then in my mind I would think, they probably think I'm some weirdo spending all that time in the washroom. And then they'll do whatever they can to leave the get-together early. Sometimes I'll bug my partner, hey, we should probably go because I don't want other people to notice that it was me that was deciding to leave early because I don't want people to know that I'm uninterested in what's happening here. Smoking and drinking is also another common coping strategy for a socially anxious person. The behavior of this type of person is a direct reflection of how they perceive themselves. The unresolved experiences of their past keep them from becoming more focused and aware of their external environment. Their internal world needs to change first. The anxiety sufferer is already so disconnected with who they are. In other words, they are uncomfortable in their own skin. I did not like myself. I was certainly not treating myself like a friend. All my daily micro-routines like sleeping in, negative friends, weed, negative music, TV, pornography, light night, McDonald's, toxic relationships, that kept me in a loop of anxiety. Everything was too chaotic around me. I was trying to cope with that. I was trying to add order in the wrong way. Order through weed, drugs, sex, porn, TV, music. But that was all very temporary. And all of the things that were making me uneasy were still there lurking within my unconscious mind, keeping me up at night. Because underneath, I was concerned about my future career, my toxic relationships, housing situation, finances, and I was holding on to a certain identity that was fun. It was exciting to the people around me, and that made me feel like I was part of something. It made me feel good, but being king of the Lost Boys is not really admirable. Pleasure Island is exciting when you're 20, but when you're 30 or worse, when you're 40 or 50, it gets old fast because this way of living is part of the set mindset. Time will haunt you because when you're 30 and you're still in the same boat you were in when you're 20, you're going to look around you and see people your, your age, but who are succeeding far beyond what you've done. And that's going to send you more into anxiety. They're doing way more. They're achieving more. They're breaking outside of their set mindset into new territory. And there's a part of you that's yearning for that. But I remember I was yearning for that. And then I masked all of that yearning with simple pleasures. The best example is The Lion King when Simba is on Pleasure Island with Timon and Pumbaa. He's singing, dancing with them, eating bugs, 
and just laughing and having a great old time. And then Nala comes by and she tries to slap him away from his dopey friends. Get your act together. Take on some responsibility. There's a kingdom back there that needs your help. And you're here prancing around acting like a fool and eating bugs, which is weird because you're a line. You shouldn't be eating bugs. You should be eating meat for crying out loud. Stop. Get your crap together. And so really, we see at this point, Simba break away from Timon and Pumbaa because, well, there needs to be a shift in lifestyle choices, right? You can't live in denial forever. You can't mask and hide away from the truths forever. The truth is there. Time is passing by. Your health is being neglected. And a lot of people, even myself, I started to notice my health punching me in the face, telling me, hey, Brad, you just can't live this lifestyle anymore. You know, you're hitting walls too much. The sugar that you're eating, you're hitting walls too much. Sleeping in till noon or staying up till 2 a.m. eating Chinese food, that needs to stop because look at you're getting acid reflux, you're you're gaining weight, you're uh, not sleeping properly. Your body is sending you signals that things need to change and things have to die off in order for the change to occur and things need to be added for things to occur, new outcomes to occur. Life will not be rich with meaning until you take on any responsibility. The more you expose yourself to different situations, the braver you become in other social situations. So let me repeat that because that's necessary. The more you expose yourself to difficult situations, the braver you become in other situations. So, in this case, social situations. Because you already worked through certain micro-routines, habits, that you feel is only keeping you dependent and stuck in suffering, your mind begins to look at social situations as the next challenge rather than thinking, oh, this is hopeless. I'm just bad at this. Oh, these people will never like me. You have to see progress within yourself to build on this bravery. Stacking empowering moments on top of the other is really important. That's what builds a solid foundation, a brick house. How do you build a house that will last? Well, how about clearing away the sand? That'll take a lot of time, but necessary. Or how about you dig deep within the sand and plant firm support systems deep within the earth that will keep the house 
from moving and shifting while on the sand. That's another way to look at it. But you have to build a foundation that is strong before you can build upon the house. Now, before, there were self-defeating moments stacked upon each other. And the house was rocking back and forth. It was pretty unsturdy. It was too chaotic because at any moment it could come crashing down and the anticipation of that thing crashing down keeps your anxiety on every single day. But what makes your anxiety subside? Living in something you know to be stable and secure that can that can withstand the nature of what's outside. The chaos that is outside. I'll tell you a quick story about my practice of social situations, I remember going to Starbucks and I would have a conversation, a brief one, small talk with a barista behind the counter. And I remember one time I would go and I would stumble upon my words. I couldn't get the words out properly and I would look down towards my feet and I just felt like a failure and I went and got my coffee and then I walked out. And I was like, man, you blew it, Brad. Like, this is really bad, embarrassing. She probably thinks I'm this. Oh, man, how can I ever come back here? At this time, I was overcoming certain challenges like caffeine and negative friends. And I was already building upon my developing mindset. And I knew that the only way to overcome this fear is to come back here again the next day, even though I don't want to, because I knew that confronting situations that I know to be uncomfortable is what's necessary for desensitization. So I told myself, you know what? I'm going to come back here tomorrow and try again. And I did that. Came back, same person, And I got half of it right the next time. Half of the conversation I was able to muster and the second half was a little bit awkward. And I thought to myself, okay, that was a little bit better. It was still awkward. And then I still drowned myself out with negative self-talk. But then I thought, hey, you know what? I'm going to come back here again. And so by the third and fourth time, I was getting it right. The thing that would have costed me so much was to avoid the Starbucks altogether because my mind wanted to. The mind wants to take the road of least resistance, but that's only going to lead you down the road of the set mindset and weakness. I don't want to go down that road. I've already spent 25 years of my life down that road. I was determined to be better than I was. The 1% increments every day is what's necessary for that firm foundation. We see this in the movie Groundhog Day. In that movie, Phil goes out to dinner and he has a very poor persona. He can't engage in that meaningful conversation. He has a hard time connecting with people. He is socially awkward. People have a difficult time being around Phil. But 
Because Phil is reliving the same day over and over and over again in the movie, he goes, he sits down with Rita, his co-worker, and he has a he has a dinner with her and he says all the wrong things. And Rita is just disgusted by Phil. But then Phil takes note, which is a really important quality, by the way. He's aware of his setbacks and his resistance. And he's like, okay, tomorrow, don't say this. Don't say this. Maybe I should say this instead. So he comes back tomorrow, sits down with Rita, and he has a better conversation. It's like 10% better. He says something else. It disgusts her. And then he he tracks it in his mind. He's like, okay, don't say this. And then he gets it right the fourth time, the fifth time. It gets so much better. By the fifth time, it's like 300% better than it was the first time. But you have to keep going back and doing it again to get better at it. It's a skill. And just take note of your failures. Because remember, failure, this is an orientation mechanism. It helps to guide you away from what's not working towards, hey, this is what works. And that's it. Find out what works. But what doesn't work, that's just as important. You have to find out what doesn't work. Notice the feedback from the other person. Do they feel awkward around you? Did, did you get a negative response from them when you said something to them? Take a note of that. It sucks. But tomorrow, hey, you can come back here and you can do it again. Earlier, I talked about those micro routines that contribute to the makeup of how you view yourself. And one of the micro routines I was doing that I had to confront and bring about in to my conscious awareness was porn addiction. Porn addiction for me was causing a lot of guilt and shame. I came across people online, men who stopped watching porn, who stopped masturbating, and they talked about how much their social anxiety improved, how they became a better partner to their partner, and how they felt emotionally more stable. And that captured me because deep down, I knew that watching porn was causing me a lot of distress. It was causing me a lot of shame and guilt. And watching those men on YouTube, it brought about those feelings. And I started to realize the truth within me that, hey, this needs to be addressed. This needs to be tackled. This needs to be the next mountain to climb. And so when I went further and further from watching porn, so going many days without it, I noticed that the shame and guilt was less present in my life because I wasn't incorporating that routine anymore into my life. And this improved my social anxiety because all of your fears and insecurities lurk behind you when you are in those social gatherings. And because I cut that one 
micro routine out of my life, I noticed that I was more confident around people because I had a, I was building on this inner trust within myself. I was building on my self-confidence, overcoming something that seemed almost impossible, but persisting through that resistance and pushing through, oh my God, when you're in those social gatherings, you're going to feel like you can do anything because you've already done the unthinkable before. Remember, you're stacking, empowering behaviors on top of one another and imagine having this ginormous stack of mountains that you've overcome the social get-together is going to seem like nothing compared to what you've gone through before that's why it's really important to always do something difficult because you're discovering new parts of yourself that you didn't know existed before. Now, what can you do to practice your social skills? Well, the first thing, watch other people have a conversation. The best way to do this is video podcasts. So, so good. Watch people have a conversation. Watch those podcasts. They are so helpful. You learn so much just by doing that. The next thing, engage in small talk. Talk to the barista. And the best way to go about this is to prep what you will say before you show up. This is so crucial. Run out the scenario in your mind of how you want it to go. What are you going to say exactly? What is the tone of your voice? Even say it out loud to yourself in the car before you go in. This is so huge. Practice by doing this. You are drawing out the blueprint before building the house. The quality of the house is determined by the effort of the pre-production. Do this every day. Build that 1% growth every day. Show up there even if you don't want to be there. Practice before What are you going to say? How are you going to say it? Watch people having a conversation on YouTube. That is so big. If you have a setback, learn from it. Notice what you did wrong. Notice what you can improve on and show up the next day. And then show up the next day. And then show up the next day. And that's where I'm going to leave you on today's podcast episode. Thank you, everyone, for your great questions, your great comments on the YouTube channel. If you haven't already 
subscribed to the YouTube channel, please go over to the Anxiety Project, subscribe. I post meditations. I post weekly videos on anxiety, uh, on desensitization, on depersonalization, on social anxiety, on all areas of anxiety and self-development. Go there and join the community. Rise above anxiety. I will see you on the next podcast episode. Bye for now. Brad's Powerful Anxiety Recovery Program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project Program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.